Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would prove your word is true today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read some of it. From, I'm going to read from John chapter 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been with you such a long time? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, rather it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes, I think we've got a slide for this, say believes. Believes. Whoever believes in me will, say will, 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 Do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So you read through the Gospels, and over and over, and time and time again, you're going to come across stories of healing. If you tried to take those stories out, you wouldn't really have much left in the Bible, None of the story would make much sense if Jesus was just a teacher and wasn't a healer. Although the shame is that the church has actually often made Jesus far less than he was by just acting as if, believing as if, and behaving as if Jesus was just a great teacher. You know, people would come to Jesus quite often and they would even call him teacher, rabbi, and then he'd do a miracle. He did something that showed them that he wasn't just a great teacher and he isn't just a great teacher. But if we take miracles, if we take healings out of the church, what we're doing here in church doesn't really make much sense either. There's a guy called Francis McNutt wrote a book called The Almost Perfect Crime where he talked about how the church nearly got completely robbed, that's not him, nearly got robbed of um, the miracles and especially of healing miracles. And, it, and yet that's the way it started. And that's the way it started to change the world. Jesus healed everybody. He was brought to him. Categorically everybody. He never said to anybody, I'm sorry, I don't do that one. Or that's a bit hard. Or come back tomorrow. And then when he sent his disciples out with the good news of the gospel to announce that there was a new king in town, he said, I'm going to give you power and authority to be able to do the same kind of things that I'm doing. After his ascension, he went to heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit to come and fill the disciples to be kind of Jesus living inside of us. That's what the Holy Spirit really is. The Spirit of Christ inside of us means that it's like when you ask him, and if you've not asked him, you can ask him today, and if you're not sure whether he's living inside of you, then... Ask him 
to fill you with the Holy Spirit and cry out and get desperate for that to happen if you need to. Do whatever it takes to be sure that you're filled with the Holy Spirit today. Don't just tell me I got filled. The question is, are you filled? Are you full? Are you full now with the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus sent these people out and then when they went out, the miracles didn't stop. The miracles didn't decrease in power or in number. In fact, they, they seemed to increase. There was crazy stuff that happened among those apostles when they were praying for people and ordinary people when they were praying for people too because they took him at his word and they represented him they knew that so they went out and they prayed in his name with expectation of miracles and they saw that they went out with boldness and faith and just look again at that shocking statement let's put it back from John chapter 14 do you think Jesus was just getting a bit overexcited when he said that do you think Jesus means it He says people who believe in him will do the same kind of things that he did and even greater things because he's gone to the Father. Because it's like he couldn't be everywhere at once but he can be in everybody who's full of him everywhere. He can be in us, the Holy Spirit in us going throughout the earth is the body of Christ now moving. So I've been reading this book. I like a good book. This is the, uh, the life and works of a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. We can put his picture on now. He's from a good northern bloke. He's an illiterate plumber. Lived over 100 years ago. Fairly illiterate. He said the only, the only book he ever read was the Bible. And he said that, quote, there are two classes of people, whosoever will and whosoever won't. And he said the difference is what you believe. That's the difference. Incredible stories. I mean, this book is so thick. You kind of think, what an adventure of a life. On every single page of this book, there's incredible healings and miracles that are happening through this simple guy who just believed God. I'd like a life that full. That's a full kind of life, you know? Some people, you might have a, a biography where they say, I went to this place, did this thing, and bought this stuff, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, who cares? That's a life. Incredible stories. I'm reading it every day. I'm reading these things every day, and it's really, I mean, because we've got to read, if you read these kind of things, it's, it can't help but build your faith. I don't know what you're reading. But as I'm reading that, it says that he goes into the, the cobbler's shop one day, and the, the, he doesn't know whether the cobbler's a Christian or not, he didn't even ask him, but he says that he could see that he had like this green film over his eyes, some horrible infection. And so he went and he put his Bible down, he was, and, then he, and then he says, I'm going to pray for him, put his hands on the guy's eyes, and he was immediately healed. That's the kind of thing that he did. Incredible stories everywhere he went. His ministry was summed up in his own words here. He said, there are four principles we need to maintain. I think we've got the slide for this. First, read the word of God. Second, consume the word of God until it consumes you. Third, believe the word of God. Fourth, act on the word. See, some of us just do the first bit. I know what, I, I can do that. I can just read it. I can read it every day. Most days, to be honest with you, I read it. Pretty much every day for the last however many years I've, I've read the word of God. But do I consume it until it consumes me? And then do I believe it enough to actually act upon it? Or just to, do I just give it mental assent? And not, or not disagree with what it says? 
See, this is not about how good you are. It's not how clever you are. It's not how long you've been a Christian. It's not what position that you got in the church and whether you became an elder or a worship leader or, or something else. It's not, it's not, none of that is what this is about. It's whosoever believes will do it. That's what Jesus said. We'll do what? The works I've been doing. Think about the miracles that Jesus did. Paralyzed people, walking, healing the blind, stopping storms, raising the dead. He spoiled every single funeral he was ever invited to. <laughs> I've got a friend, Tobias. He's going to come to the launch conference in November. He leads a great church now in, in Germany, all across Germany. But he was telling me when he, was in the, he ran a youth group one time, all the guys were saying, do you know, do you think we could actually go, could we walk on water? It's like, do you think we really could? It's like, you know, if we got sort of prayed up, and they were like, should we do it as an experiment? And they all got worshipping one night at the end of the youth group. And I kind of got into that place where they were all there. And then they went to the, where the water was. And they were like, we could do it, we could do it. Come on, we can do it. Who believes we can do it? We can do it, we can do it. And they got so point that they could do it, they could do it. And then guess what? They walked in and they splashed. But, <laughs> but you know what? Now, they're doing amazing things for God. You know, it might not be that miracle was what it came, but it's, it's, it, the people who do that kind of craziness end up doing all kinds of other craziness for God. You know, the willingness to step out and get your feet wet for God is going is to get you into other places where it might feel like you're walking on water. And I'd love you to come to launch and hear from Tobias and the others because um, I, I don't want people from Ivy to miss out on what some people have said. We've got the reviews from last time, basically people saying this is the best conference I've ever been to. This is leaders from around the country, around the world that are saying that about launch. And I'd love it if you were there to book in and to be a part of it. We just had 80 from around the Wigan area, 80 people booking in to go and be part of it. And that's great, but I want you there to be able to be a part of this too. Because we've got an incredible bunch of speakers and, and leaders. And, uh, and if you feel like you've got some leadership that God's put inside of you, then this will help to grow and develop it. So please remember and book in to that. So, Jesus wants us, us to do what he's done. That's what, that, you know, that's, that's just kind of because he loves us. If you love somebody, you want them to be able to do the kind of things that you can do. I'm, you know, yesterday, even just seeing my granddaughter crawl along. I'm like, yeah. She's like, she can crawl, officially crawling. It's like, this is amazing. We're like celebrating that, that kind of thing. Whatever, you know, and it's like Jesus wants us to be able to do things and he wants to celebrate when we do those things. But not just that, he says, even greater. I don't even know what that looks like, but he wants it for us in this year of prayer at Ivy. He wants us to believe him and pray in his name and then expect him to do miracles. Now, whenever we talk about this, I'm like you, I know that in the back of your head, you've got a question. I know you've got a yeah, but. I know you've got a, but I prayed and it didn't. Or not everybody we ever pray for right now is always healed. I know that is true. But I don't want my past experience to limit my faith today or my future expectation. I, I'm going to go into praying for people and we're going to do it today, saying I believe Jesus. I trust Jesus. And I'm going to ask, and he said I can ask, and then I'm going to leave the results up to him. But I'm going to ask, and I'm going to keep on asking. Because, you know, it's like cricket. If you, if you swing the bat, you might hit a six. But if you never swing the bat, you've got no chance. I'd rather swing the bat. I'd rather us have a go. I'd rather us bring the problem and the person and Jesus together and see what he does in prayer. 
Because that's really what we're doing. In this year of prayer, we're talking about how, how we want to bring people to Jesus and bring Jesus to people. That's really what we're trying to do. And healing has to happen when that happens. Because when people connected with Jesus, he, 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 he healed people with all manner of diseases, it says. And, and I don't know anybody else in this imperfect world who's ever hit a six every time, apart from when I read about Jesus doing it, but that doesn't stop me praying. And Smith Wigglesworth's own daughter, Alice, was deaf her whole life, but that didn't stop him praying for her, her whole life. And he didn't stop him praying for himself or for other people. And, and God brought all kinds of incredible miracles because he prayed. One day, it says, in the, I was reading this, Wigglesworth was being shown around a farmer. A, a farmer was showing him his field. And he saw this beautiful field. And he says, isn't that an amazing looking field? And he said, oh, there's a big problem with that field, actually. It has a blight on it. He said, it looks okay, but it's covered in this blight. It's going to be ruined. So it says, Wigglesworth, this is what it says, lifted his heart to God. Faith flowed in and he stretched out his hand over the field in the name of Jesus. The field was completely cleansed of blight. The whole crop was saved. Actually, the farmer later told everybody that was the best crop that he'd ever got from any field our God is sovereign over the whole earth everywhere and J. John says we live between miracle and mystery so it's, now it's because it's, you know, if it doesn't work it's not because we don't know how to pray because it isn't if you pray with a certain technique it will work every time we know that there's no technique there's no right words it's not necessarily lack of spiritual gifting because nobody always gets a yes. People that any of us pray for won't always get healed. But just because I preach a gospel message and not everybody who hears it becomes a Christian isn't going to stop me saying that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to live a perfect life on this earth and died and rose again so that everybody who believes in him will be saved in this life and forever, which is the ultimate miracle. And just because not everybody, as I say, hears that and receives it and becomes a Christian doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it. But somehow we've done a thing in the church where sometimes because some people didn't get healed, we stop praying for healing. I don't get that. And I'm not going to let it happen to me. And I hope it's not going to happen to you. Is it, is it happened to you? Just be honest if it's happened to you. Because if it is, you need to come to God and you need to say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And swing the bat again. Because somebody said, if you don't take the credit when it works, you won't take the blame when it doesn't. The Bible says, he forgives all our sins. All of them. Who believes he forgives all of our sins? And then it says, he heals all our diseases. How does that work? Well, what that tells me first of all is he didn't send the diseases any more than he made you sin. But any time ever that you were healed, that you were, any time you were forgiven, it was because he forgave you. Any time you were healed so far in your life, whether it was by miracle or medicine, it was God who was behind it. Because God put the healing in creation for people to discover and make into medicine in the first place. So he is the great healer and he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes we are healed. And the healing we experience, whether it's through medicine, whether it's through DNA or whatever else happens in the future that people discover, it's, it's God. 
who put it there for us. God put the healing into creation so that we can discover it and we can develop it and we can draw it out and we can apply it into the broken world that we live in because this world is like that field covered in blight. Because of sin, the world is, is messed up and broken and we live in a broken world. The Bible says the whole world now, right now, is groaning. It's like in anticipation, it's waiting for something to happen. It's waiting for what? For the sons of God to come into their own. For us to step up. So Jesus is still and will always be a healer. Jesus is still and will always be a miracle worker. He's a wounded healer. The Bible says he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So he knows what pain feels like. He knows, he knows it because, so even if you're on the verge, even if you've nearly given up hope, and I can understand that, that when you look at Jesus, you see he's like somebody who's like in a grief, a grief support group who understands grief. He, he knows what it feels like. He's somebody else and he's like, you can look at him and you can think, yeah, I know you get it. I know you get the pain. I don't have to explain that to you. Whatever mountain we face, we can say to Jesus, Thank you that you get it, and I don't have to explain my confusion or my pain to you. Thank you that you're just a friend, and you stick closer than a brother, and you understand real pain. That's the kind of God that we have. Sicknesses and physical pain and mental and emotional anguish can ravage us. So while you're still waiting for your loved one to be healed, while you're still waiting for the prayer that you're desperately praying for your answer, and it's not yet coming, or waiting for your marriage to be healed, or, or whatever the relationship is, whatever the deepest desire of your heart is, it still remains unfulfilled. Do we just resign ourselves and say, well, that's it? Absolutely not. If we do, to be honest with you, let's pack in church. Let's just not bother with this anymore. Because, you know, the Apostle Paul says, if that's the case, then let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. It's like, this is the best that you're ever going to get in this life. And I, I fully don't believe that. Because as we will celebrate on Easter Day, the greatest miracle again was when Jesus died and rose again. And if he can do that, he can do anything. So, what I want you to do is think about what the mountain is. If there's a mountain, put a name on it. That's the difference, you see, between a hill and a mountain. A mountain is something... They name mountains, don't they? Yeah? If it's just a hill, it's just a hill. Get over it. <laughs> but if it's a mountain, it's something you can't, it's too big for you to be able to handle. And Jesus told us what to do with that at the start of this series. He said, speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain, name it, and then say, get out. Go, be thrown into the depths of the sea. Name the mountain and tell it to move in Jesus' name. Speak to the mountain. If you don't know what to pray, you can do that. You can always pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And we, in the evening service, we looked at how oh, that's not a request, it's a command. So it's a command when Jesus says to do that. We're to command that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done here on the earth as it is in heaven. And again, that's not a technique. But he says, you can use my name. You can use my name. It's like, drop my name. I've given you permission. To be able to do that. I'll sign the check. Put my name on it. Whose name is it in? It's like you go to somewhere, isn't it? Well, oh, I'd like this. Oh, whose name shall it say it's in? Put it in the name of Jesus. When we pray. And draw on heaven's account. Draw upon what he's won for us and done for us on the cross. 
Let kingdom come. Let, in fact, I'm praying this now, and it was saying it. Let kingdom come now here in this place, in us, through us, everywhere here, for every heart that's open to him. Let the kingdom come. Let God's will be done here, right here on the earth, where your feet are touching the earth right now. Let his kingdom come. Because Jesus hasn't just given us permission. He's commanded us to pray for the sick. He's, he's told us, I want you to pull out of that future into the present. Pull out of eternity right now. What's going to be there where there's no sickness, where there's no disease. You've got permission to draw upon that right now, today. How do we pray? Well, again, when we pray, and we're going to do it in a minute, and we're going to invite some of you to, to pray for people. And maybe some of you have never prayed for anybody before for healing. And we do have healing. We have prayer teams, and that's great. But to be honest with you, this isn't just about, I don't just want people who are going to go, oh, well, I'm on the prayer team so I can pray. I want people with faith to pray. That's who we want to pray. Whether or not you feel qualified, the qualification today is faith. The qualification is, I'm going to believe God and I'm going to speak it out and I'm going to declare something and I'm going to find out what the problem is, let's name the mountain and then let's just pray and ask God to do something with it. And I need some other people who come and do that because this isn't like some Anthony Delaney show at the front where I get to wear a white suit and sort of... <laughs> like that. This is supposed to be everybody gets to do this and the king said we can go and open up his treasuries and bring out what he bought for us here today and I want to believe that so don't look at the world the answer's not there don't look at the problem look at the promise don't look at the sickness look at the saviour when we pray so often when, when, there's a, when there's a problem we spend all our time focusing on the problem the answer's not in the problem we look at the person. The answer's not in the person. The answer's in the person of Christ. The answer's not in this present situation. The answer, the answer is in the future hope that we have in Jesus' name. And it's a fight to pray like this because everything inside of us, because of the Western mindset, wants to rationalise and intellectualise and give God an excuse. We, some people spend far more time giving God reasons not to act than they do asking him to. No wonder we don't see miracles. Look at the healer. Look at who Jesus is. Look at what he did and say, Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Don't just look at the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Look above the mountain. See the one who makes the mountains. See the one who can make mountains move. Look at the size of God who said nothing shall be impossible. Write the promise across the top of the mountain. Because it said nothing shall be impossible for you if you believe. Again, this is, what I'm trying to do is just raise faith in the building. Is it working? Four people think it is. I'm really doing my best. I'm trying to raise faith here. Is it working? Because yes. it's a choice. It's like what we're going to believe. You're going to believe something. You're going to believe you can or you're going to believe you can't. You're going to believe you will or you're going to believe you won't. That's it. Nothing is impossible. We're going to ask. God, you say nothing's impossible. So we're going to bring some impossible situations to you and see you make them, turn them into nothing. We're going to ask you to do the same things that Jesus did. We're going to ask for greater things in his name because he told us that we can. And we'll leave you to sort it out, Lord. All the philosophy and all the theologizing about it, we're going to ask. Because I can look around here and I can see some people who I know have been healed. 
in recent years. I know some people that I've prayed for in recent years who've been healed. I know some people here, for instance, as well, who couldn't have children. And often we so we're so very sensitive in the way in which we talk about this. And now God's given them children. Because he, he answers those kind of desperate prayers. And I don't want us to give up and resign ourselves to that. I want us to be people who, who, who dare to pray. We did a thing a little while ago. I was just prompted about this in, in the worship. There was one evening, one afternoon, I was going to speak on something else. And I felt like God was saying, no, spoke, speak about Hannah. And how she couldn't have children. And she desperately cried out to God for healing, for healing and for a child. And I was like, oh, that kind of spoils it because I had all kinds of other things planned, but all right. And then I, and then, and, and I just put it out on Facebook. I said, I'm going to be praying about that. If anybody's you know, struggling to conceive, then maybe you want to come. And there was, there was one lady who came who sat crying the whole way through. She'd been trying such a long time, her and her husband. And, uh, and then there was this point when I said, Hannah just got so desperate and she cried out. And this person did it. She cried out. And somebody prayed with her and, and then... Uh, must have been three, four weeks later, I got a phone call off her husband in tears and said, she's pregnant. And, you know, every child's a miracle. And I, I, wanna, I want us to believe, you know, with all those promises in the Old Testament that talk about how, how God wants to, to do that for us. He wants to break those, and he curse off us. He wants us to live in the blessings in the name of Jesus. Nothing is impossible. But what if it doesn't work? What if it does What if he does? God's not given us a spirit of fear. Somebody said, I said again, so if Jesus was here, could he do it? He's here. Jesus is here. Oh, again, what are we doing here? If Jesus was here, he would do it. Now he's here in us. This is how he works. This is how he's decided to work. He's delegated. He's a great boss. He delegated healing to us. So we're going to start to pray in just a moment. The band can start to come up. And, and, and See, prayer is powerful, but the power of prayer is not prayer. The power is not in the prayer. It's not the person who prays that is powerful. Some people have ended up with a healing ministry making it look as if they're the power. No, we're not the power. The power of prayer is Jesus Christ. He's the power of prayer. The power of prayer is the spirit of Jesus inside of you and you let him kind of pray through you because, you know, he said it's better for you if I go to heaven so I can come <laughs> again in the person of the Holy Spirit and come through you everywhere to everybody. That's how we pray. See yourself filled with the Holy Spirit. Why don't you stand if you're able? Some people, I just want to say this, can, have, can find it easier to have faith that it's going to go wrong and it's not going to work. And to find all the reasons why it won't. And I just want to ask you, why don't you just stand in front of Jesus and, and tell him he can't? Because you'll find he can. You'll find he disagrees. And I always want to pray for healing as if I expect a miracle. Every time. I've never had anybody refuse that. I've, said, I've had people say, um, I've gone to people who are dying. I've gone to people with cancers. I've gone to people with 
all kinds of sicknesses and diseases and impossible mountains in all the years that I've been a Christian. And I've always said to them something like, listen, if I was you, I would pray for a miracle. And I would pray for, for God to do, to reverse this. I would pray for a massive, I would, I would want you to pray that for me. So is it over, all right, if I pray like that for you? And people always say, yeah, that's what they want. It's like, don't just give me, don't, I just want to, I don't want you to pray for a comfortable death. I want you to pray for a miracle. And I have done. And again, God answers the way he wants to answer. And it's not always according to the, the way I would ask. There's this bit in this book, it says this. See, this is about how we should pray and then we're going to do it. And the man of whom I've been speaking came to me and he said, the doctor says this is the last day that my wife has to live. I said, oh, why don't you believe God? He replied, well, I've looked at you when you talked and I've wept and I said, Father, if you could give me that kind of confidence, I'd be so happy. I said, could you trust God? I felt that the Lord would heal her. So I sent to a man and asked him to come with me to go and pray for a dying woman because I believed that the two of us would go and anoint her according to James 5, she'd be raised up. The man said, oh, why did you come to me? I can't believe like that. Although I believe the Lord would be sure to heal her if you would go. Then I sent to another man and asked him to go with me and told him whatever his impression was to be sure and go and pray right through. We entered the house. I asked this man to pray first. He cried out in his desperation and prayed that this man might be comforted after he was left with his little motherless children and that he might be strengthened to bear his sorrow. I could hardly wait until he'd finished. My whole being was moved. I thought what an awful thing to bring this man all this way to pray that kind of prayer. What was the matter with him? He was looking at the dying woman instead of looking at God. You can never pray the prayer of faith if you look at the person who's needing it. There's only one place to look and that is to Jesus. The Lord wants us to help us this afternoon to learn this truth and to keep our eyes on him. When the man had finished, I said to Mr. C, now you pray. He took up the thread where the other man had left off and went on with the same kind of prayer. He got so down, I thought he'd never rise up again. And I was glad when he finished. I couldn't have borne it much longer. It all seemed the most out of order thing I'd ever heard and my soul was stirred. I was anxious for God to get a chance to do something and have his way. I didn't wait to pray, but I rushed up to the bed, tipped up the oil bottle, poured nearly the whole contents on the woman. And then I saw Jesus just above the bed with the sweetest smile on his face. And I said to her, woman, Jesus Christ makes you whole. And she was not only healed, but she was raised up in that very hour. That's our God. So if you, as I've been talking, started to feel like actually I've got some faith and I could believe and, if, and even if I'm just doing it, Lord help my unbelief, but you've started to feel like you can look above a mountain, just stick up a hand where I can see you to say, I, I, I can believe God for this. And knowing it's not you, it's not your power and it's only what Christ wants to do through you, then if you put a hand up like that, that's a lot of faith in the room. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. Now, some of the people that have got their hand up for prayer for others actually need prayer for themselves, <laughs> for healing, or for somebody really close to them as well. And what um, and how that's going to work. See, we haven't got room for, for this really in the room, but we're going to make room. You people who put your hand up, I now commission you in the name of Jesus Christ to be able to be a conduit of his power, to activate that faith, to believe that Jesus Christ wants to use you for healing and to remove mountains in this place so that healing can come and so that every, every sickness and every, every healing, every, everything has to go in the name of Jesus Christ. We, we, we pray for this. 
We, we ask this, Jesus Christ. Yeah, some people start to pray in tongues, which is a, like a sign from heaven of, of the power of God bubbling up inside of us. So if, that's, if you want to do that, that's also great. But Lord, we just want your Holy Spirit to come and flow through us. Some people have got um, children in the back that maybe you, you want to pray for them for healing. You can go and bring them from, the, from their groups. And, and, and then what are we going to do? Just, just so you know, is some people are, are, are going to be, make themselves ready for prayer by standing there. And you're just in receiving mode, which is like that. Just for prayer for healing for yourself. And then other people are going to gather around them. And just put a hand on them, the Bible says. And it's not because of us, but the power of God flows through us. And then you do what God tells you to do. You say what God tells you to say. You speak what God speak, tells you to speak. If it's a speak to the mountain, then speak to the mountain. If you want to ask the person what the problem is, that's fine. But don't just focus on the person. Don't just focus on the problem. Focus on the saviour. Focus on the healer. And, and, don't, and prescribe that healing in the name of Jesus. You know, it's like, I can look out and see a couple of doctors in the room. They, they sign the bottom of a prescription and somebody goes and takes it to the chemist and they give it to them and healing comes as a result of that. And that's a miracle. But Jesus is, is writing prescriptions for his healing today. And he wants to put his name on the bottom of them. So if that's you and you've got a need for it, then can I ask you actually to be brave enough to kind of fill out the front here or go to the side. So if, you, if, you, if, you, if you'd like to, I know it's a, a brave thing to do, but if, you, if you'd like somebody to pray with you for healing for yourself or for others, just could you make your way out to the sides a bit, maybe go by the walls uh, in some space, just for, you won't be left for long, but if you could start to move into those places, and then other people can, can come and pray for you. So that's, you're, these are the people who are moving for healing. They've got a healing need. Great stuff. Thank you for that. Those people who are doing that and moving. This is like friends and family here. It's, it's all good. Nobody's going to ask you intimate details about what it is, what the problem is. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking and don't give up. Don't give up. We're not giving up today. Jesus is a healer. Jesus has got the power that we need. And Lord, we, we want to draw upon that power by faith. So if you were one of those now with a, who had a hand up, can you go to somebody and just put that hand on somebody and then start to pray for them? You know how to pray. Maybe you want to ask them if there's anything specific, but other than that, if it's obvious and you want to just pray, then just start to pray. Put your hand on them. And Lord, we pray for your healing power to be released in this place. We give you the glory. Mountains must move in the name of Jesus. Impossible becomes possible in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. There's more people you've not prayed for anybody ever in your life. And, and God wants you to do something today and he wants you to, to act upon what you say you believe please go and pray for somebody other people need that and God's going to give you a word if you go God's going to give you an encouragement thank you Jesus we speak to every disease and every sickness in the name of Jesus and we ask you to we tell you command you to bring yourself into alignment with the kingdom of God and with his purposes and with his power Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have had a healing in the past. God's healed you in the past. Take the faith that you got from that healing, double it, treble it, 10 times it, and go and give it to somebody else in the name of Jesus. If you've ever had a healing, it's time to give something back. 
in the name of Jesus. It's always in the name of Jesus. It's not in our name, it's not in our power. Declare healing. Declare healing. Don't skate around it. Don't skirt around it. Be bold in the name of Jesus. As it is in heaven, let it come now here on the earth. We declare and release healing in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Some of you can feel something on the inside of you stirring up. This is the, you know, it's streams of living water flow and bubble up from the inside release them out in healing prayer in Jesus name it's all good everything he's doing is good he only does good we don't we don't want a powerless church Lord release your power unleash your power through us let healing come testimonies testimonies of the goodness of Jesus. Surakasa. You use ordinary people in extraordinary ways when we believe you. Raise up. I said, speak life, speak truth, speak with boldness. Speak it out. Don't just agree with the disease. Don't agree with the the uh, the problem. Agree with the promise. We release your promises in this place, Lord, through your people. Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Fill us afresh. Fill us with yourself. Release your power in Jesus' name. Everything you've done at the cross, everything you've won at the cross, we want it all, Lord. Be whole. Be healed. Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash 